Hello, hello, and welcome to Art Pop Talk. I'm Gianna. And I'm Bianca. Today we are Art Pop Talking with another fun-sized episode, and we have a very important announcement that all the Art Pop Tarts are going to need to know. That's right. After we share our housekeeping item for today's agenda, we will both be sharing an art news story from the past few weeks. Let's Art Pop Talk. Hi. Heyo. Heyo. <laughs> My stomach hurts. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um <laughs> wow. So I like actually wrote like my thoughts and my feelings in uh today's chitty chatty document or Bianca and I's episode document that we like to, you know, fill you guys in on and keep you in the loop. And I, <laughs> it's really important that you understand we're using a Google Doc here. Our Google Doc is <laughs> always a very premium, excellent <laughs> content situation, but <laughs> I put in, I'm actually crying while writing this, just so when Bianca got in, she could see that this is my like tears on the page like even though you can't see the tears mm-hmm. on the page virtual tears virtual tears i had to put in that's like, the world we live in tears <laughs> enter here <laughs> um but but it's true so i don't know bianca i don't know about you but i think before we get into any chitty chatty or even if we have the maybe bandwidth to do chitty chatty today <laughs> i think we just need to get into our big announcement. Otherwise, I might not be able to make it through this episode. My stomach felt like it was going to fall out of my butt. <laughs> uh, excellent. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. I hope everyone knows how to be girls. <laughs> There's been a lot of Mean Girls memes at work the past few weeks, so I'm just really oh, yeah. like in that zone, you know. Yeah, no, I'm staying in that zone. I think it's great. (laughs) Well, everybody, we have some big news to share for today's episode. So after three years of collaborating together as the hosts and creators of Art Pop Talk, Bianca and I have decided to retire the podcast. Art Pop Talk was established with the goal of engaging with people around the world who share a passion and interest for the arts but wanted a more inclusive way of interacting with it. We hope and we think we have accomplished just this. We have connected with so many incredible people and are beyond grateful for the network of art and pop lovers that have supported us from the get-go to our community of listeners, community partners, our professionals, guests of the pod, and sponsors who have supported the podcast. We are so grateful to have gotten to know you and we wouldn't have made it these three years without you so why now (laughs) why (laughs) this podcast (laughs) Bianca and I feel it's important to share why we are making this transition out of our pop talk and I think those reasons look different and also look similar for both of us One of those reasons being the trajectory of our careers, seeing how our pop talk has helped launch us into different areas of the working world. And now we are both looking at what comes next for us as professionals. I was like telling 
my colleagues this because they were like, oh, yeah, we have so many more Art Pop Talk episodes to look forward to. I was like, Ugh. I have something to tell you guys. <laughs> and um, I was talking about, I mean, Gianna, you can share how you're, like, what you're looking forward to in the next steps. But I was, like, telling what you had told me, you know, when you were talking about this. And <laughs> my boss was like, oh, like, they grow up so fast, you know, like getting married and, you know, ending a podcast. It's like, I know like, she's going to be somebody's wife. Like she doesn't need me. Like, oh, that's definitely not true. Um, it, it's interesting to talk about the transition out of our pop talk. I think with some of the content that I've been sharing on the podcast, which is essentially an insight into my personal life. And I think when you are talking about a wedding, it definitely is a time of big life transition. Yeah. But I think the transition out of Art Pop Talk also has to do with so much more. And I think Bianca and I have throughout Art Bob Talk kind of been in different places with our career where one of us or both of us sometime or none of us like have <laughs> needed Art Pop Talk or have not needed it at different points in our life. And I hope that that makes sense and maybe it might not make sense to all of the listeners, but it's something that I think might hold true or make sense to creators where um, you create something out of this need and necessity for wanting to put something into the universe, but also needing it for yourself. And our pop talk for me was something that I created right after finishing my undergrad. And for Bianca, it was her finishing her master's. We were straight out of academia and kind of creating your own platform really felt kind of like a natural transition out of academia. Now that mm -hmm. We've been in the working world for three years. We've had so many ups and downs. It's been great and it's been not so great. And I <laughs> there think was like this global pandemic that happened. There was this global pandemic. Like we were no both money. like in and out of jobs. Like at one point, yeah. like, <laughs> definitely unemployed. Uh, like, yeah, severely unemployed. <laughs> right. And now that I am at this place where I actually have been feeling like very stable for the first time in a really long time. And that has to do with um, my income, my job, my life partner, just all these different things that I'm ready to take on something else and kind of like see where that next chapter is. And for me, that might be looking like entering academia in the near future again. Mm -hmm. And she's is going back. <laughs> She's going back, folks. <laughs> She's going back. And when I say that after being out of school for three years, like, at least for me, there is a kind of mental preparedness that I yeah. think that I need to have to do that transition. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of part of the reason for me, along with a lot of things. I think that we created something really amazing that we kept up with for three years. And I think that it has served an incredible purpose and will continue to exist on streaming platforms. Um, I think it's time to see what else that we can do with this type of content and where we'd like to be with our careers. And sometimes you have to take a step back and look at what you've created in order to move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. We'll have more details for all of you about 
where you can find us if you need us, uh, where you can find APD content. We're still going to be sorting through all of that. It's likely that all of APT's episodes are still going to be available for streaming indefinitely, theoretically. That's what that looks like. Um, We are not going anywhere just yet. Our final episode will be on June 6th. So we have a lot more art pop talking to do in the meantime. And like, we were not about to just like call it quits before this bananas fucking Met Gala theme. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Like we're going to like complain about this the whole time and then not talk about it with you guys. We would never do that. We have the lovely ladies of Women's Art Wednesday coming back as guests. Jane will be on uh, with a very special episode with Gianna, a uh, Brides of Art History art pop talk that will be out in two Tuesdays on April 18th. So uh, look forward to that. We have more time to spend together, but we just wanted to prepare everyone that the end is near and uh, we'll have a lot more sentimental things to to share with you all in the future. But just to echo Gianna, it, both of us are in that place of looking for the next steps in our career. And uh, I'm really excited about those next steps. Like those are really good things. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's the end of an era. Of course, we're going to say that like five million <laughs> It was significant for me. I hope that it was significant for you. <laughs> um, totally. But it's a it's a at the same time like bittersweet, right? Like it's a good feeling to feel that you're ready to commit to that next stage, whatever that might be. And I think that's how we felt when we started APT. Like Jenna said, we were fresh out of school. Oh, you know, this pandemic hits and our pop talk was something that we're so proud of, so proud to have built together and with all of you, but it was that next step for us. And now we're just ready to move on to the next thing. So, Mm. you know, I, yeah, I actually think it just hit me a little bit. (laughs) Whoopsie. Uh, Yeah. Like, (laughs) no, my stomach like hurts. Yeah. It's, I'm um, sweating. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not well. I'm putting on, I'm putting on a brave voice. I'm putting on my big girl voice right now. Um, so it's definitely a decision that, uh, didn't come lightly, but I think Bianca and I, it's when you are also in a partnership, when, you know, again, we've had these different moments where mm-hmm. our pop talk has, served us really well at also different points in our own lives, individual from the podcast. And when we reach a place that we are both kind of at the same point together, I think it's it was important for us to look at that, think about that critically, and also wanting to come to an end on our own terms. Yeah. So like Bianca said, we still have some time together and that was our goal. We didn't want to leave um, you know, without a note. <laughs> Out to lunch. Out to lunch. See you later. Be back in five. <laughs> um, so we will be business as as uh, usual um, until June 6. And, um, yeah. you know, with that, we do have some really interesting art news stories to share. And I'm really excited about mine, Bianca, particularly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think also mine is very... Uh... Topical. It's very uh, appropriate for us, I suppose. It's it's topical. (laughs) Do you have any? Do you have any chitty chatty? 
other than this? Like, cause you know, just Ooh. to kind of like take a deep breath and lighten it up. Mm, yes. What has been going on <laughs> in my life? Uh, just quitting is... one of my jobs, you know. Just quitting one of my <laughs> jobs. My I noticed today. Actually, the most long-standing job that I've had since the the since when since graduation <laughs> since since when <laughs> what um, this has been a very stable relationship that is a, a work relationship it it has been my most stable uh working relationship <laughs> i can definitely definitely say um without of <laughs> why can't i talk right now <laughs> ah tongue tied yeah no for sure cuz um I don't know. That's just accurate, but it's because, <laughs> because those <laughs> because those are the facts, and because I've had like we're handling this really well. Clearly. We're handling it so well. They everyone knows about like the twenty how many jobs I've had. <laughs> it seems like the numbers just keep kind of growing uh, since undergrad. But um, so we are just nose diving, you know, like Taylor Swift on this tour, <laughs> and um, we're we're just going for it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Eras tour? I have Any just, thoughts? I don't. I wish that I did. I just don't. Like, I think that people are having a great time. I think, like, I'm interested to see how the show is going in light of all the Ticketmaster stuff. But it seems mm-hmm. like people are having a good time. And honestly, like- that nosedive is like pretty sick. Yeah. Like, I think that's like super dope. Everyone seems to like be like two thumbs up, and I'm happy for them. <laughs> Two big thumbs up. What's the deal with Gwyneth Paltrow like talking about Taylor Swift and her like testimony? <laughs> because of the whole dollar thing, she's countersuing for one dollar, which was, I guess, like something Taylor Swift has done or has. I don't know. Oh, uh, so there's no beef between Gwyneth and Taylor. She's just no. She's, she's just doing a Taylor action. Yes, because. I think she like, like, doesn't need the money. Right. Because the opposing lawyer, I don't know what happens in courtrooms. Not like, lawyer. She was like, oh, I wish I was as tall as you. No, you don't. <laughs> she, anyways, I don't know. This like lawyer was like questioning like Gwyneth Paltrow about like this like metaphor, this like symbolic gesture of this like $1. And Gwyneth Paltrow was like, no, I'm literally countersuing for a dollar. <laughs> so I don't know. That's funny. I I really want to like implement a more uh like her. Well, I missed a half day of skiing. Like I just want to like start saying that to people like who inconvenience me. <laughs> well, I miss a half day of skiing. I've been mostly interested in her like courtroom attire. How it's like just giving like rich casual wear. It's amazing. I. <laughs> am really enjoying it um agreed um so yeah anyways i don't know hope hope gwen's okay i don't really know too much i mean she's clearly that. fine but no her and taylor swift don't have any beef, i was I like think. really confused because like i didn't i haven't been watching the trial but one day i woke up and it was like what Patrick taylor swift i was like the fuck happened i don't scene? really think anyone is watching this trial but yet oh there somehow? are people watching it like I don't get it. It's something that I've been kind of forced to consume because it's just popping up on everything, but it's, it's literally not. everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I, I think she's fine. <laughs> I she's that. absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, 
And that's Chitty Chatty. <laughs> Thanks, Gwyneth. Actually, thank you, Gwyneth, because I don't really have any personal content to share that's going on in my life. So I hope that cool. fills in the gaps. Yeah, it does. Hmm. What about you, Bianca? Nothing to report. <laughs> Nothing goes here. <laughs> Something that Andrew says, never mind. <laughs> I was like, what? In my head, it, said, it was like something you'd say, but it's something that Andrew says. He always says, nothing goes here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean to say? Nothing to see here. <laughs> anyway, not much to report. It's been nice to chillax a little bit after all the busy traveling. Um, so next, I have another bachelorette trip at the end of May, which I'm looking forward to um but that's the next kind of date of travel and uh yeah it's been nice to chill so well good that's all yeah like being a homebody so nice yeah except something about that is like also slightly unsettling because it's so nice but then when I sit down you know I'm like why am I not busy you know, mm. I have to get used to, I have to like reintegrate like the how to slow down, right? How to slow down because then I'm like looking for something to do. And when I end up doing is shopping and I know that sounds like really like stereotypical, but it just like gives me something to do, you mm. know what I mean? And so I'm like scrolling on Poshmark for two hours, you know? Like, no, I get that. I feel like I just have a little bit of angst with the wedding these days when I kind of sit down. It's like, okay, I get home from work. I sit down and maybe like, you know, watch Netflix or something. And then I'm like, ah, busy hands, busy hands. Like I should be working on something for the wedding. Like what what can I do right now? Like what email can I send? Right. So my boss uh, is working on this. Well, she she's like writing this huge report uh, for us at work right now. And... She was like, oh, I'm just so tired of it. Like it just – it needs to be the wedding date because when you're you're not supposed to play in a wedding for too long because she said then you start buying – renting a taco truck for people like after dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like such a good metaphor for like things like our pop talk. You know, things need to have like a natural end to it because when you extend it for too long, you start being like – what can I buy? Like, what, what else can I, what can I do to this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I definitely. thought that was like a very funny wedding metaphor yeah. for like a long-term project, you know? Yes. <laughs> you start booking a taco truck. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I love a good like panic purchase. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you know, sometimes it's like, Gives, I don't know. It's like a little bit of like spice that you're just throwing into the mix of your Why life. Is <laughs> Why is it spicy? Um, well, I will keep that in my back pocket if I feel like I need to add a little extra, you know, mm-hmm. flavor to my fusion wedding. If I need to throw in a taco truck, <laughs> I'm more spice to your Malaysian wedding. Got my whole Italian thing going on. We've got the whole Malaysian thing going on. You know, if I feel the need, I, to... I wouldn't mind a taco truck. Taco truck does sound. Dancing the night away, go outside and get a taco. Sounds it sounds like a great idea. <laughs> this is well, what you can do with all your free time after APT, right? Right. In the few months le- leading up that you'll have, 
Like, right. Drug. Busy hands, busy hands. Busy hands, busy hands. <laughs> I mm. hear you have a taco truck. <laughs> That's that. enough of that. <laughs> you want to talk about the Pope? I do want to talk about the Pope. Cool. So, for today's Art Pop Talk, <laughs> Bianca and I will be sharing two art news stories, Lightning McQueen fashion. First up, since we hit you with the heavy at the beginning of this episode, I'd like to bring us back up, you know, and talk about something that I think on the surface level is very hilarious, which is the viral image of Pope Francis wearing a white long puffer jacket. GQ, of course, covered the story and found the creator of the image who used AI. Quote, the image, of course, was very much not real. It was created by a 31-year-old Chicago man named Pablo Xavier using Midjourney, an artificial intelligence image generator. Xavier told BuzzFeed News that he felt moved to write the Midjourney prompt for the image while he was tripping on shrooms. <laughs> Amazing. Quote, I try to do funny stuff or trippy art, psychedelic stuff. It just dawned on me. I should do the Pope. Then it was just coming like water. The Pope in Balenciaga puffy coat, walking the streets of Rome, Paris, stuff like that, said Xavier. Afterwards, he posted it on the Midjourney subreddit under the title, quote, the Pope trip. One Reddit user said, it's just benign enough to be plausibly real. Quote, Catholic Church is super rich. He's just not as orthodox or old as other popes. I could see Francis having mad drip. So let's talk about this pope drip, the pope drip of it all. Why do we think the pope has drip? Well, I think even from like a funny Reddit comment, we all have this idea that the Catholic Church is super wealthy and there is something about seeing Pope Francis in like a white high fashion luxury puffer coat that reads as it just makes sense it just makes sense there's something about it that makes sense and I think it has to do with the price tag of it all the fashion of it all and do you want to know something embarrassing what I scrolled past this image 4,000 times on Instagram when it came out and I did not bat an eye I there's a Pope I but if literally the Pope was did not to second wear, guess this at all. If the Pope was going not. to wear a puffer coat, is he cold? It gets this cold. is what it would look like. So GQ also talked about what the Pope's coat actually does look like because we know what it looks like. It's it's like basically a white peat coat, and it's like uh, custom tailored. And like you know, I mean, I've never even thought about the Pope in a coat, right? Because like he has to like <laughs> go outside and shit, and like he has to wear a coat, but it's got to be like yeah. a Pope coat, you know? So. It, it's essentially a peacoat, and um, it is white that matches his robes. So, and because the Pope has all of these tailors that have worked with the church, they have like institutional tailors that like historically like work for mm -hmm. the Vatican. So it's just crazy. Honestly, now it's like you know when you say a word so many times, you don't think it's correct. Us saying Pope has anything. The Pope isn't even real. <laughs> what is the Pope? Honestly, the Pope is just kind of like a construct. I don't know. There's been a million of them. It's just... No, like, totally. It's just... <laughs> I just see this guy in a puffy coat now. I mean, it he would... He looks cool. It would work. And the funny thing is, I think, with 
kind of our modern visual lens because this is a normal everyday jacket, although it is high fashion and something in our brains registers this as a luxury item. Mm -hmm. He's also got this like very jeweled cross hanging Mm -hmm. on it. It just looks Mm -hmm. very shiny, like Trey Riche. It does. Papal drip. Papal drip. But, you know, a lot of people are, like, comparing this kind of, like, puffer jacket with the bling, like, something like, you know, a blingified cross necklace Mm -hmm. reading into kind of, like, rap culture. And um, so that's kind of where we're getting papal drip. I think everyone gets that. But there's something about it that reads as modern, reads as luxury, and the Catholic Church is super fucking wealthy. Right. And it's also interesting to think about like those historical portraits of popes that we get where they're like covered in fur and jewels. And like, so in art history, we see what the finest luxury looked like at the time. And we can see the depth and the texture of all the fabrics that a pope is wearing. It's interesting that popal garb, papal garb hasn't changed so much over the course of history where our fashion has Mm -hmm. like if you think about it 500 years you know let's say we go back to all these renaissance paintings it just it in in the history of the world 500 years is not that long to see a figure like the pope have such a constant fashion presence in that tradition you know when you look at those portraits that there was papal drip at a certain point in history mm-hmm. and we know mm-hmm. what that's looked like mm-hmm. and that exists today it just hasn't changed so the, it's it's a really interesting concept to think about like the pope in this high fashion puffer it, it's just not it's not that shocking but the concept is right and i think it's really interesting that someone who is like tripping on shrooms and just wanted to make something like trippy and funny because you know pope francis isn't like the other popes he's a cool pope you know mm-hmm. which I can get into that and which I have thoughts about because sure, but also no. Um, Totally. That it is actually quite jarring (laughs) for us. astute academic argument. Right. Like, sure. We can say that, sure, Pope Francis isn't like the other popes, but but honestly, fuck that. Like, no. Um, Mm -hmm. He doesn't get a gold star for, like, saying that gay gay people are okay. I'm not about gold star energy here. Like we're the head of the mm-hmm. Catholic Church. It's a very problematic institution. So I don't know. Man. Like do something about it. Do something you know. about it. No gold stars for you. Um yeah. it's, so it's yeah. It's just it's funny to think about someone who was just like wanting to make high trippy art actually made something that was actually really thought provoking because you're right, Bianca. We have really never in our visual world seen the Pope out of any other kind of attire. But with mm-hmm. AI imagery and just kind of like modern creativity, we can see what he would look like in the everyday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's taken for granted from our eyes. Yeah. Because he, he, the Pope is, like you said, wearing custom, very expensive items that are handcrafted mm. just for him on a daily basis. But because it's not what our modern lens sees as luxury or high fashion or wealth. That doesn't mean it's not. Right. But we see him in this damn puffer jacket and we're like, oh, people <laughs> <Yeah. drip." laughs> yeah. oh, I see you, Pope Francis. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And also, 
you know, again, I don't want to, you know, I think there's a purpose for art at face value to take this into consideration as just something that was created with the intention of being funny and create an image to exist on the internet. That is what this image is at face value. But if we put on our super critical art pop talk lens, it's super interesting to compare this image this image with recent pop culture undertones the fact that the pope is wearing balenciaga when we think of the abuse of children is quite interesting and again i don't say that to be super critical of this image because i do think i want to keep it kind of at face value for what the intent of this image was but there are things that you could get into for example if you wanted to do an analysis on literally anything like even in this image there are things to talk about with a pop cultural lens when you think about it like it's an incredibly complex image which is what really is love about it yeah it really is yeah Take it for whatever you like about it. You know, honestly, it's really funny. Mad props to Xavier. Honestly, like living your best life. We appreciate I it. I hope you have a nice puffer coat. You know, I like this one. cannot see. It's really shiny. Cannot wait to see what his uh, next AI creation is. Mm-hmm. But Well, are you ready for this next one? I am. So uh, like I said earlier, it's, uh, you know, this one hits close to home for us here at APT. And... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read you guys the article. Basically, uh, it's from Associated Press, and I'm doing that because AP basically got had a conversation with the involved parties, and so the direct quotes are, are from this conversation that Associated Press had with um, the following people. So this uh, a, a lot of news other outlets are covering it, and I'll I'll share another example of an outlet at the end. Um, but that's why I'm reading from this one specifically. From writer Terry Spencer, the Florence Museum housing Michelangelo's Renaissance masterpiece, the Statue of David, invited parents and students from a Florida charter school to visit after complaints about a lesson featuring the statue forced the principal of the charter school to resign. The mayor of Florence also tweeted an invitation for the principal to visit so he can personally honor her. Uh, And this arise out of the conflation that uh, parents are confusing art with pornography and the mayor says this is ridiculous. So, background. The board of the Tallahassee Classical School, I just find that ironic to begin with, (laughs) <laughs> sorry like whatever um pressured principal hope Karaskia to resign after an image of the david was shown to a sixth grade art class so this article says art class another article from npr said art history class so first of all i just want to say like that's very cool that sixth graders are learning art history i don't know if it's just a regular like, kind of studio art 101 drawing class the other article said art history but I just want to say I thought that was cool. The school had a policy, has a policy, requiring parents to be notified in advance about controversial topics being taught. The incredulous Italian response, okay, this writer, (laughs) highlighted how the U.S. culture wars are often perceived in Europe 
where despite a high rise in right-wing sentiment and governance, the Renaissance and its masterpieces, even naked ones, and I'm quoting the writer here, are generally free of controversy. Sunday's front page in an Italian daily publication actually featured a cartoon by a satirist uh, depicting David with his genitals covered by an image of Uncle Sam and the word shame on it. So that's also another interesting kind of like political cartoon that's arising out of this situation geared at towards uh, American politics, which I thought was interesting. Karaskia, the principal, believes the board targeted her after three parents complained about a lesson uh, that included a photo of David. She has said that two parents complained because they weren't notified in advance that a nude would be shown, while a third parent called the iconic statue pornographic. Uh, I also read another article, that the NPR one, which we'll link, um, said something about that an email was supposed to be sent by the teacher to the parents. And this is part of the curriculum. This has been taught before. And every time it's been taught, an email goes out to the parents. So there's some like kind of fishy stuff going on here where the principal didn't follow up that the email had been sent out. Obviously, I'm not involved in how... (laughs) communication with parents works at this school, but it seems very weird that a principal would have to be the one responsible for a teacher's responsibility if that is the protocol. Not that that should be the protocol. So some things were just a little fishy here because I don't understand the back and forth between the principal's responsibility of notifying parents and the teacher's responsibility for notifying parents. Cecilia Holberg, director of the Galleria Academia, where the David is, uh, expressed astonishment at the controversy to think that David could be pornographic, quote, means truly not understanding the contents of the Bible, not understanding Western culture, (laughs) which also seems a little weird, but I'm not understanding Renaissance art. She invited the principal, the school board, the parents, and the student body to view the, quote, purity of the statue. Tallahassee Classical is a charter school, and so while it is taxpayer-funded and tuition-free, it operates entirely independently of the local school district and is usually sought out by parents seeking an alternative to public school curriculum. So there's about 400 students from kindergarten through 12th grade that attend this 300, no, three-year institution. I was like, wow, (laughs) oh my God. Um, And this is apparently its third principle. So it follows a curriculum that is designed by Hillsdale College, a conservative Christian school in Michigan, frequently consulted by Florida governor, stupid Ron DeSantis, on educational issues. Barney Bishop, the chairman of this charter school's board, has told reporters that while the photo of the statue played a part in the principal's quote-unquote resignment, it was only one factor, and he declined to elaborate while defending his decision. And there's some weird stuff um, 
where the NPR article writes that, quote, despite the measures earlier in the month, Barney Bishop III uh, met with Karaskia and gave her the option to resign or be terminated without cause. And so she ultimately decided to resign. It, the whole thing is is very weird. She said in this article, like, they never got along. Like, she doesn't think he liked her very much. So it's, again, weird going back to that thing with the email and the teacher. Why wasn't the teacher reprimanded? I mean, maybe they were for not sending out the email. There, I feel like part of this is also just, like, using David as, like, a scapegoat almost to get this principal out of the school but nonetheless it's bringing up you know some interesting things of course this chairman said parents are entitled to know anytime their child is being taught controversial topic uh with a controversial picture bishop said in an interview with sleet online magazine several parents and teachers plan to protest karskia's exit on monday night uh, at a school board meeting but the uh, ex-principal said she isn't sure she would take the job back even if it were offered to her. Quote, there's been such controversy and such upheaval, she said. I would really have to consider, is this truly best? Maria Stone, head of humanities uh, studies at the American Academy in Rome, said that the Florida incident was another episode in escalating U.S. culture wars and questioned how the statue could be considered so controversial as to warrant a uh, prior warning. Quote, what we have here is a moral crusade against the body, sexuality, and gender expression, and an ignorance of history, Stone said in an email. The incident is about fear, fear of beauty, of difference, and of the possibilities embedded in art. So, of course, we all know that Michelangelo sculpted the David between 1501-1504 after being commissioned by the city of Florence. Um, it's still in Florence today and helps draw 1.7 million visitors each year to the museum. Quote, is an incredibly sought after by Americans who want to do selfies and enjoy the beauty of this statue, director Holberg said. The museum, like many in Europe, is free for student groups, uh, but there was no indication that any trip would be subsidized by the city of Florence or the museum after they invited all these kiddos over there. The NPR article writes that, going back to the um, chairman, Barney Bishop III, he noted despite parents' complaints about the David artwork, it will remain in the curriculum. Um, he says, quote, we're going to teach it regardless of whether parents are in favor of it or not. But if they are not in favor of it, we give them an alternative curriculum. Bishop similarly said that there were multiple concerns that led to her departure. He couldn't explain further. He didn't believe the principal was aligned with the school's values. Quote, it's not, show it's not the showing of the picture, it's the process, Bishop told NPR. Parents are entitled to decide whether any topic, any subject, any use of particularly sensitive words are going to be discussed in the classroom. If they don't feel that it's appropriate for that age of their child, they're entitled to make that decision. Well, I don't agree with that, but that's, you know, a personal preference that I <laughs> have. Uh, that is kind of Again, I think all of this is just a very odd scapegoat to fire 
to get this principal out of the school because she quote unquote didn't align with their values but it's very interesting it like it feels like just propaganda you know like david has become this like nude object of sexuality when it is from <laughs> it's like a, he's a biblical hero <laughs> you know it just it seems very counterintuitive to i'm going to stereotype here that maybe the type of people that are wanting their kids to attend this yeah a charter school in for, tallahassee yeah for alternative curriculum <laughs> so it just it seems very counterintuitive <laughs> and again i just think all of this is a weird workaround to get this woman fired right i i did really like this statement from the head of humanities at mm-hmm. the american academy and rome who talked about how this was a moral crusade against the body sexuality and gender expression and most importantly ignorance of history and this idea of fear fear of the beauty fear of the difference and the possibilities embedded in art I think that was like a really uh, incredible statement because I think art is really incredibly powerful and I just can't handle the fact that we are still policing these historical images when particularly in this conversation, in the context of American education, like we have had like our, there's been so many shootings in our schools lately and like literally kids are dying and yet we're going to be mad about this principle for overlooking some paperwork in which like a nude image was shown. I'm not trying to like <sighs> compare these two situations. American education has just been com- become so politicized and so polarized. It is just devastating. And I think that this is a very minute example in comparison to everything that has been happening mm-hmm. of why everything is so controversial. And I just can't handle the fact that this is something that we're talking about and still having to talk about and discuss when there are so many other things happening and you know we just had another school shooting and we can't even get that right and I I just I have a lot of feelings and I am projecting that onto the story but there's just Just so much happening with politics and education and it just pisses me off yeah it feels like nothing about this story makes sense actually and honestly some of the some of the quotes not that I disagree with them, but I think they're all missing the point. Like, I don't think that these people care about beauty, sexuality, gender at all. Like, they just they just want to think that they know what's best. And it, it's, just, it's about control. I think for me, more than it is fear, maybe fear of not being able to control what their kids are learning but I think I think it's about the fear but yeah it's there's just something off about the statements from I don't want to say outsiders but this European perspective of these quotes that they're giving about like what's going on and like this how like Americans aren't understanding like this history of Western culture I don't think that's the mark at all like something feels very disjointed about the perception of what's mm. happened and then I, what is actually happening in American education. I guess, yes. I think I see what you are saying there. And I do agree with that kind of projection on, well, like, let me put my two cents in here. Like, what's going on in your He feels like a European academic response to something that is so unnatural. You yeah. know, it feels like, yeah. it feels like an institution 
trying to analyze in depth what's happening in American culture. And I feel like we're just so far past the point of trying to put rationale mm. on this because I think for me there is no rationale. It is I, – I, I can't – I don't know. There's like a barrier in my mind that's like – there's no explanation for this kind of behavior <laughs> and I, I I don't think we should try to put I guess like a like a pretty hypothesis on it I suppose yeah no that's interesting Bianca I think also it's this European perspective of I'm trying to understand what the big deal is because this is such a normalcy for us. Aside right. from my personal projective of just can't even dealing with this bullshit just in light of everything that's going on, your perspective, I think, is more astute in the fact that Europe is just like big question mark. I don't understand what the big whoop is about. Yeah, I just feel I feel like the whole thing is off. Like I like it feels um the whole thing just feels very like uncanny, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, I guess I still did – part of me did like this idea of the fear because I still think coming from like an American-centric perspective, I think that there is this – there's this feel of knowledge. There's this fear of art mm -hmm. that our culture, our parents, like just American culture, it's like we're trying to cherry pick what information we want taught or shared. And I think that is um, – Right, just but how I am for the for I, I'm going to say the older generations for mm -hmm. like they have grown up with this as well, mm -hmm. and I feel like it's 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 more about control and less about fear because they've mm. grown up with this the whole time. How can they? How can they be afraid of something that they have lived with? You know, like again, it is a privileged thing to to take an art class. It is a privileged thing to have cultural courses offered to you in school it is you know a privileged thing to be able to go to museums in general and experience art and cultural history and it's a choice a lot of people make in america because we're not surrounded by it all the time but i think there is a I, I don't know i'm just i'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around how maybe it's just because they're conflated like fear and control are one and the same it, these days it feels like yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think maybe we can sit on those thoughts too a little bit. I think mm -hmm. like I'm definitely like projecting my own just like thoughts and fears yeah. just about like the American education system. Yeah. And you also have this different like country and their academic perspective coming into play when it's really like, okay, this kind of concerns you, but also like it does seem like there is a lot of like adding to the us. noise. <laughs> like, like if we wanted your perspective, like we would ask. But, like coming from this like charter school, they're probably like, okay, like you know, I don't know. Yeah, um, it's know. all just like very disjointed, and I don't know. It's like all these different, yeah, like all these different comments, all these people weighing in, but yet, are these people actually really talking to each other? Like, it's no. No, and it's not getting to the root of the problem either. Like, 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 politicians or activists or parents involved. If you're a parent in this country at all, like, you should be concerned about this. And I feel like it's not the right approach for a humanities academic to be like, well, like, I believe that <laughs> you know, like this is a, a fear of sexuality. <laughs> you know, it's just like it just feels like 
shut up and do something. <laughs> what like it just feels like not productive and I think that's like it's frustrating me, I guess. You know, I think too like again like not to absolutely to not make light of the like mass shootings that we are having in American, you know, schools. But in my head I'm just like people are dying, Kim, like I don't know. I'm just kind of oh. like <laughs> like yeah, I I just my brain can't like this isn't the time for you to like invite these kids to floor like I don't, I don't know that would be great but if you want to invite them also pay for their trip you know what I mean like well just and like- I I feel like my brain can't even focus on the root of this issue or just this story because of all the other things happening as well sure yeah sure um really but, like David does not deserve this no truly does not and it's just like what a weird thing that david is like involved in this you know it is like the taylor swift being involved in gwyneth paltrow's like court case like what (laughs) do do david and tallahassee have beef like i didn't know like (laughs) i did not know why do you hate david (laughs) maybe he'll counter sue for a dollar oh my god totally he would he doesn't hero the money of this story i'm biblical bitch i don't need your (laughs) patronage (laughs) And if APT wasn't coming to an end, I would say that's a great call for some merch. <laughs> I'm a little bitch. Culture quota. That's a t-shirt design you can steal and then I'll buy it from you. Okay. <laughs> Culture quota can just have our content and uh, we'll just live vicariously through Beatrice <laughs> from this point oh my on. God. I'm a little bitch. <laughs> on like Judith because they fucking took her out of the Bible. Oh wow! Yeah, Hell that's yeah, yeah, yeah! Amazing! Oh yeah! Ugh! Well, we need to stop having great ideas. I know, I know. Is this gonna be sad? It's just too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um. Well, um. In spite of perhaps our big announcement. I actually did really enjoy this episode and I actually am glad to get our announcement off of our chest and fill everybody in the loop. I think that it is um, a nice fair amount of time to kind of give everybody and to, you know, reach out to us, um, you know, in the meantime, if anyone has any thoughts or wants to chat or, you know, mm-hmm. you can always you know where to find us. slide into our DMs and then and then we'll talk about where to contact us later. <laughs> yeah. We got, what, two months? Two, two months? months? Two months. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and my stomach hurts again. <laughs> and I need to go have some tea. <laughs> Calm down a little. Calm down for a, bed. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, like we said earlier... Uh, in two Tuesdays, we will have a very special episode, Brides of Art History, so get excited for that. And with that, Gianna and Jane will talk to you in two Tuesdays. Bye, everyone. Bye. Art Pop Talk's executive producers are me, Bianca Martucci-Fink. And me, Gianna Martucci-Fink. Music and sounds are by Josh Turner, and photography is by Adrian Turner. And our graphic designer is Sid Hammond.